Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to the Automation Morning Show for Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney, and let's start off by taking a look at what's new in industrial automation. And first up, we have a product announcement from Emerson about their new flushing ring design. And I have to say, the article was good, but the video was actually even better um, about going through and, uh, you know, actually showing you what this uh, does this flushing ring, and let me see if I can fast forward here. And I just thought it was really cool, the animation, but also showing the actual product in action. So um, if you have a process in your facility and you need something like this, check this out. From there, we go over to A3, and uh, they're talking here about EMT introducing their Pinnacle LZ16KG5 line scan camera. And this actually... So that's talking about the product and what it can do, but it also goes into an application I thought was pretty interesting. So I reached out to them this morning to see if they could come on our show, Product and Technology Show, and talk about that. From there, we go over to a new product from Neosys. And uh, very interesting, we've seen a similar product announced uh, like this uh, previously, I think it was last week. But uh, this particular one is more of a high-end product, and it has the uh, Intel, you know, the i5, i3, i7, i9, uh, you know, Gen 12 now and coming Gen 13. So if you're looking for in a fanless industrial computer with lots of ports and um, the latest uh, chipsets, you may want to check this new guy out. From there, we go over to a thank you to our sponsor, Siemens. They're sponsoring a whole month of episodes here of The Morning Show. And I just want to say thanks to them. Not only are they sponsoring it, but they're also doing a contest and uh, here's a sampling of some of the things we're giving away. There will be a grand prize that, or maybe a couple grand prizes that'll get everything. And then um, there'll be whatever's left over we'll be sending out to uh, whoever we draw out of the hat, fourth, fifth, sixth place. So um, please feel free to sign up. Now you can, um, you know, have multiple entries in the contest by just filling this form out every day. You know, the, the autofill of your browser will fill in most of it. But there's one thing you won't be able to fill in automatically each day, and that's the uh, contest keyword. And the reason is we just don't want random people coming off the street and filling in this form. We want to make sure viewers of the show get the goodies. So um, with that, you need to know what today's contest keyword is. And I forget to set it, but it appears that when I clicked on the link, it came in as TIA portal. So um, that is today's contest keyword. And um, when you fill in the form, just put that in there. Now, if you're not watching, if you're listening, don't worry about exact spelling um, or casing, uh, whatever. Um, just come close and we'll make sure you uh, we uh, accept your uh, submission. That said, I do want to thank everybody who's already submitted. Um, there's lots of you guys out there watching and submitting this form every day, and I really appreciate it. It shows, you know, shows our vendors how um, much you appreciate the show and how much you like free stuff, too, which is great. I hope, uh, I hope uh, all our sponsors will let us do a contest in the future. But in any case, let's move on to an article from ABB. And this one, you know, originally I wasn't going to include this, but as I was reading through this, it was very, very interesting. And I, you know, they're talking here, and, and there's actually some um, good percentages here from a recent report talking about um, this topic. And really what it comes down to is manufacturers are rethinking the just-in-time approach. And, you know, for all the supply chain issues and reasons and, you know, the great uh, um, um, retirement um, or the great resignation retirement 
and um, you know people just not wanting to do you know new people coming into the um, into the job market not wanting to do the jobs that we did when we were younger um, you know that there's a lot of thought going into you know having more inventory and doing that strategically and uh, I just thought it was a very good article and I wanted to share it with you uh, from there we go to Intera and this is an a, a excellent article about robots and material handling now Intera makes industrial uh, network switches and at the bottom they talk about how their switches uh, apply in these applications but they actually go through some of the histories of the first robot arm and who it was licensed to and developments over the years and whatnot and now of course AMRs are so popular so I thought it was a really good article so I wanted to recommend it out to you and I just love this picture here and uh, wanted to share that with you this morning so from there we go over to AnyBuzz and we have now the second in their OPC series the first article came out about 15, oh no, 35, 45 days ago. And uh, so this is the second in the series. And I really thought they did a good job. In this article, they go through how OPCUA's information models um, improve efficiency and enable better decision making. I wouldn't say that so much as they really explain what the information models are and do and why they exist and how you can use them. So in any case, a uh, very good article. Thank you, Anybus, for, uh, for providing this to the community. We really appreciate your efforts there. And from there, we go over to another great article from OnLogix. This one talks about Edge AI. And I actually reached out to the author over on LinkedIn this morning. He said, man, I love your analogy. In it, he uses, he's explaining Edge AI. So he had a previous article explaining Edge computing, right? Um, and so then in this article, he's explaining Edge AI. And um, I thought he did a great job. He uses Mass Effect. Now, if you don't know what Mass Effect is, you're not a gamer, right? But it's a it's a, a phenomenal uh, sci-fi uh, game, right? And um, in any case, long story short, uh, he does a very good job of explaining to the novice what Edge AI is. And um, I think, uh, you know, the examples they use in this are pretty good, too. So we got to throw out the idea of AI, of being like Skynet, some sentient code that's uh you know lives on some huge computer and i think we need to uh think of ai as just uh the next generation of software software that's so well developed and had so many people inputting into it that it can it has these rule sets that are just phenomenal and it allows it to do kind of like a, a six degree of freedom robot arm it can go in so many different directions and twist so many different ways that it can it can fit so many new applications where maybe a three degrees of freedom robot couldn't and so um, that's how I look at Edge AI. If you think I'm if you think I'm wrong about AI, let me know. But uh, no Skynet, please. And then next, we have a kind of funny article from Inductive Automation. It's actually more of a call of action. They're looking for user feedback. So if you use Inductive Automation, and uh, of course we've had them on the podcast, they've kind of go through their suite and their product line. Um, then uh, what they're asking you is to say, hey, you define it for us. Tell us what you think. Uh, ignition is right what is an ignition you tell us what it is now you know if you think about you know other other lines like what is TIA portal what is factory talk you know I mean these are names they, they, they may have started out as one thing but they've turned into these these big suites of products and you know when I think ignition I think HMI SCADA right so I think factory talk view I think Wonderware, I think WinCC but it's a lot more than that. And, and uh, at some point, I'm going to have to have them come back on and talk about all the different modules that make up their product. Because honestly, um, beyond that, I don't know what their alarming and historian and, you know, all, all the reporting features are. 
you know, I have no clue. So in any case, um, but feel free to, if you are an Ignition user, feel free to, uh, to uh, you know, provide feedback. So from there, we go over to an interesting article from Locus Robots. Um, and I really thought uh, this, was, this was very interesting because they're talking about um, warehouse fulfillment and automating your warehouse and um, talking about boosting productivity and, and how, again, their system can do that. And um, I just thought it was interesting. They have some great numbers in there and some great examples. And so if you're doing anything on warehousing or AMRs, or AGVs, um, go ahead and uh, you may find this article interesting. From there, I found this article over at uh, RF Ideas, and it talks about multi-factor authentication, something I despise <laughs> because, you know, when I go to log into an account and wants to text me, text me something, I don't carry my cell phone with me everywhere. I mean, I know a lot of people do, right? I have very close relatives who do, and they can't go without their phone. But I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm a early Gen Xer. I'm like, I, you know, we didn't have phones. I think I had my first cell phone when I was 25 and that was for work. Right. And, uh, that replaced my pager. <laughs> so in any case, um, you know, I just, sometimes it's nice to be, be free of the phone, right. And disconnect from it and just turn it off, put it in airplane mode and let go of it. So I'm not a big fan of a multi-factor authentication, but in, in, in mission critical applications on the automation floor, it can be extremely important because if somebody gets your password to the supervisor control system, they could do things, especially if they hack in through a VPN, as we've seen happen so many times in the past, that could be a big problem. So I do like multi-factor authentication here where you have to have not only a key card, but also a password for those mission critical um, uh, applications. And we've seen, uh, you know, RF ideas, they make a bunch of different key cards, even ones that you can mount right in the panel. And so you need a password and the key card. Um, you know, in dusty, dirty environments, we typically aren't using finger uh, finger scanners, uh, fingerprint scanners and whatnot. But in any case, maybe this is someplace uh, that I can support MFA, but uh, definitely not when they want to text me all the time. Um, in any case, from there, we go over to um, some application profiles. This one was pretty good. Um, I th don't think this is pronounced pages group. I think it's a page. It's a, I think it's a French, but in any case, um, what I really liked about this one here, let me kill the volume, is um, not the interview so much because they really don't get into any details, but the video of the actual machines. And this is talking about, I mean, if you remember way back when, right, all the fast food restaurants got rid of their styrofoam containers for their burgers and went to cardboard, right, which it was great. And they're talking about that here. And they're specifically talking about printing on those, um, those fibrous packaging right so they directly print on them and so the label they put on them or the printing they put on them um is is uh not plastic it's not gonna um you know it's biodegradable and it doesn't require any glue or anything like that so i thought it was very interesting i loved seeing the pictures of the actual process itself and i uh, wanted to share that with you as well as a case study here this is from uh, tatsoft we've had them on the podcast as well and um this uh, links to a uh, pdf and the gist of it is an application uh, profile of a uh, water wastewater facility in Clifton Park, New York. And I actually used to cover Clifton Park, New York. So I used to drive through it almost, I don't know, three or four times a week. And um, in any case, I thought it was very interesting. They have pictures of the system they ended up putting in. And one, one of the things here was that the uh, end user, the water department, came to them because they could install a completely 
new system, modern day new system, for the price of just getting their old software back into support, which is I think some of the larger companies have missed the mark on their support contracts. They just charge so much that it's just cheaper to buy somebody else's product, right? And the engineering they go into it. So in any case, I thought it was very interesting and some great screens they share there as well. From there, we go over to a um, an application story about, you can see it right here, automated control and filling of crates. And really what's happening here is Sometimes the crates have leftover product, like they don't completely empty when they come back. They have some of the old products in them. And so they need to identify that. And I thought this was really interesting because they, you know, it's not only the Phoenix 3D scanner here, but it's also um, several other vendors. And they uh, call them out here, including, let's see if I can find them, the S7-1500, Festo, um, Metla Toledo, and so on. So a very interesting application. Love to get them on the show to talk about that. Uh, from there, I go to the product spotlight of today. Today, I'm spotlighting my PLC Basics course. If you have electricians, technicians, or engineers who have never touched a PLC and they're like, I want to get up to speed on it, this is a great course. We do a group enrollment in this course as well. And uh, so if you have three or more people on your site, we can give you an extra discount and uh, you'll be able to track their progress. So hopefully you can give them some kind of reward, a spiff or a, a bonus for uh, going through the course and completing it. Um, now, the course itself, I think, is only about six and a half hours, but the exercises I expect, and they're optional, but to do everything I do in the course for somebody brand new could take well over six hours because it's, you know, the first time ever using a PLC. Now, the cool thing about this course is that I use the Micrologix 1000 and 1100, and the reason is the programming software for those two Allen Bradley PLCs is completely free, and the emulator, the RS Logix Emulate 500, also completely free, so you don't even need to buy anything. You just enroll yourself in the course. You don't have to buy any hardware or software. So you can do all the lessons with the emulator and the free software. Now, um, the fully paid version of uh, RS Logic's Micro, I purchased it years ago, but I think currently it's two or $300. It's not a lot. But in any case, um, it's nice to be able to start off with the free stuff to you know, ensure you know you, you really feel like you want it before you go out and buy the package. And um, this is, gives you a good baseline for more complex systems like the Control Logics and Compact Logics. But in any case, I wanted to share that with you this morning. From there, we go over to today's download. And I found this great ebook over on A3. And let's see if I can pull it up here really quick. And at first, what got me about this article was it says achieving standardization in robot programming. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, because we're following that, right? People want a standard interface between their PLC and any robot manufacturer. And really, any PLC manufacturer, right? You want a standard interface between the two. And so, in any case, this is not that. <laughs> but this talks about Robot Master Software, right, from this company. And I, I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to share it with you. But in any case, let's go from there over to our video of the day. We actually have two. And uh, very excited to see a new video from Acromag, because I just love their little animated character, Acromaggie. And I was showing it to my wife this morning. She kind of looked at me funny. But I just think it's, I just think it's uh, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek and kind of funny. And uh, she does a great job. The little animations, too, are excellent. But in reality, this is about that new Ethernet I.O. modules, analog current or voltage. And uh, the video does a great job walking through uh, what they offer. And I, I think they got a pretty unique uh, DIN rail bus that, ought, that you, allows you to slap on new modules. So I thought that was pretty cool as well. So, and I did reach out to them to see if they'd want to come on the show and talk about their technology and products. From there, we go over to our second video. And what I did is I extracted the PLC versus PAC 
Q&A we did about that DigiKey article and uh, set it as a standalone video. So if you want to share that or if you want to comment just on that, you can here and every place we share the videos. So uh, we have that. And then over here, we're going to talk about some events. Now, if you are using some of the older systems from either OVSE or MDT, I never feel like I'm saying that right. Um, for instance, uh, auto uh, the mass autosave or version dog, right? This will tell you why they think it's uh, in your best interest to upgrade to Octoplant. And so I'm assuming it's just not to make them some more money, right? There has to be some real tangible uh, advantages to upgrading, right? And then we also have another one here. This is with SICK and Epson. So you can see an Epson robot here. And I thought this was very interesting. I wish I could attend some of these. They look really good. But in any case, we have bots in 3D vision. That's a free uh, uh, webinar coming up on March 30th at noontime Eastern. And then over here, we have a new webinar from the folks over at uh, Opto22. And this is actually a joint webinar they're doing with 4IR. And they're actually going to be doing a demo in this too. But the whole point of this is to show you how to enable operation resilience. And that includes security, reliability, and so on. So I thought that was interesting. And that's coming up on uh, March 30th at uh, 12 noon. So I believe that's 3 Eastern, if I'm doing my math correctly. And from there, uh, I want to remind you that I will be at Manufacturing in America. I actually wanted to do a, a, a trade show background behind me. I'm going to be up in a mezzanine somewhere with uh, some other people. And I wanted to do a background that looked just like this background here, so you'd know it was me. And uh, so I took the highest resolution photo I could. It was with my, uh, uh, my uh, digital camera. And it's 24 megapixels, but, you know, at full... You know, using the raw image, um, this is acceptable. But if we compare it to the actual unit, it's just too small. So um, what I may try to do is actually take four pictures or six pictures and stitch them together. Because I really like to have that backdrop. I am running out of time to get it, so we'll see what happens. And i got to design the new table skirt with the new logos too. But I wanted to just remind you about MIA. It should be a great time. I'm hoping you guys will stop by and say hi to me. I do have my very own link for signups, right? So it has a little tracker in there that says, hey, I'm signing up because I'm using Sean's link. And that way, I'm hoping to get a number from them so I can bring some goodies for everybody who signed up using my link to give you some kind of free giveaway. Don't even know what that is going to be yet. It'll probably have to be something like, because I don't know if I'm renting a car or if I'm flying and renting a car. But in any case, um, with that, let's go over to uh, what's new this afternoon. I am almost done editing a great podcast I did with the folks of Siemens and Electromate talking about this uh, event in Detroit, MIA, and uh, kind of the, showing some pictures of the history and how it expanded and uh, some of the fun things they do at Ford Field and the layout of the, of the, um, of the show and whatnot. I think it was a great podcast and a presentation, and so I have to do some minor editing, but I'm hoping to have that out at 3.30 today and uh, really appreciate them coming on the show and talking to us about that. So that's uh, upcoming this afternoon. And then we had a couple of publications, only a couple of them. And I only bring these up because I'm, I'm very curious about this. So I think in the past I've talked to you about how much I really enjoyed using plant metrics. Um, it, it was renamed uh, Factory Talk Metrics at some point. But in any case, and, and you know, if you remember that uh, bottling demo I showed you that Rockwell borrowed and used in their brochures and trade shows and demos, um, I actually designed that originally to as for, or I should say, I originally designed that for 
uh, a demo for plant metrics and there's like a little classic panel view in there where you can set it to be automatic you can actually use rascal with it or let me rephrase that transaction manager and so um you know i'm great and i'm, I'm very curious because i don't understand why it says factor talk analytics data view i i have no idea what that means but this does seem to be a brochure for uh, uh what we used to call plant metrics and they had another one too Again, here, I'm a little confused about the nomenclature. I probably should talk to somebody at Rockwell about this, get them on the show to talk about this. But we all know what Factory Talk Lineman events are as far as uh, Factory Talk View Studio. And again, they're showing Factory Talk Analytics Data View. Not sure what that is. So uh, in any case, if you know what these are, let me know. If you um, are interested in these products, grab these publications. From there, I want to go to the question of the day. And I had somebody reach out to me and they're like, hey, Sean, actually a, a very nice customer who actually donated a software package to me. Very, very much appreciate them. And uh, we're always looking, like if you have ripped out a bunch of old software and you have all these licenses, like old, I should say, if you've ripped out a bunch of old hardware and now have unused Rockwell software licenses or other vendor licenses you want to donate to us for us to use at the automation school, we will really, really appreciate it. And we'll give you courses in exchange. Um, I know from my experience with Rockwell, it's very easy to transfer a license from one company to another. They have to do that all the time because OEMs buy the software and then they, or integrators buy the software and they have to transfer it to the end user. So in any case, long story short, um, if you have any software you're not using, I'm really um, looking for um, really all software, but one of you know, the hard ones that I get are logics because a lot of people still have Studio 5000, a need for Studio 5000, right? But another one I'd love to get my hands on is RSV32 because I'd love to go back and do a course on that. One of my favorite products of all time. But anyways, I digress. Let's get back to the question of the week here. So, or the question of the day, I should say. Um, this customer uh, actually uh, dropped me an email. He's like, hey, for some reason, I can't get my RSLogix 500 on Windows 7 64-bit to work and connect to my MicroLogix 1000. I'm like, well, that's weird. Because especially since he said it had been working. So the first thing I did is I came up here and I looked at the compatibility chart. I said, okay, uh, yeah. So we look at Windows 7, 64, um, and we see no support with, uh, I think he had 8.1. I used 8.3, but uh, no support for Windows 7, 64-bit or 32-bit or Service Pack 1. I mean, you see a lot of Xs, right? And uh, I think he was running Ultimate. I'm running Pro. I'm running Pro 64, right? So that was kind of like a bad sign, right? And he, he had some really old RS links. I forget what it was, maybe 2.59. So in any case, you know, I had a, uh, I had put together an RS Logics 5000, Studio 5000 image on Windows 7 64 Pro a while back. So I booted that up. I installed RS Logics. Actually, where did I install on it? Yeah, I think I did install RS Logics 500. Um, which was donated to us, thank you, to, to uh, the customer who did that a while back, many years ago. Um, and I put 8.3 on it. I don't know why I grabbed 8.3, but I did. I used 8.3 a lot. I think when you get the uh, free software for uh, the uh, MicroLogix, the RS Logix Micro Lite Starter, or Micro Starter Lite, um, it's 8.3. So I think that's why I gravitate to that. So I grabbed that. I installed it. I already had RS Links on there. I think RS Links was... 3.8. So I just installed 500 on there with uh, RS Logics 5000 and Studio 5000. And I I plugged in my um, my USBS version 3 USBS official Rockwell cable and official Rockwell PMO2. Of course, we have many, many links to much cheaper options there. 
but in any case, I wanted to try to emulate what he was doing. And uh, it worked. It worked. I had a little problem with the VMware. Something happened in VMware where they stopped supporting USB serial ports. And I was having to go and search the internet. I finally found a way you can just go in the VMX file and edit that and say, hey, COM port 1 equals COM port 4. And I did that, got it working, which was annoying because it never had to do that. You would just use right-click, unpluggable, or removable devices and, and accept it. But in any case... Um, so with that said, everything worked. So um, I sent them over the versions I'm using. You know, I was running uh, Windows 7 Pro 64-bit uh, with Surface Pack 1 and 8.3 of 500 and 3.8, I think, of Lynx, I believe. And um, I wanted to share that with you because um, it just worked for me. So I'm wondering if he may have got something past Service Pack 1. Maybe there's a, a, another update out or it could be that his RS Lynx was really, really old. But uh, in any case, not sure why his RS Lynx sees it, but it won't let RS Logics talk to it. But I wanted to share that, my thoughts on that question with you. Everything worked here, but it wasn't working for him. And uh, that's our question of the day. And from there, I want to go over to our community corner. And like I do every day, I want to stop by wishing you a very happy birthday if today's your birthday. Now, if you're connected with me on LinkedIn, have your birthday in your profile, you show up on my personal birthday list. Now, I just want to say I connect with everybody. Um, even though a lot of people, they're, they're, they're legit in industrial automation. They're like salespeople. And the first thing they do is send me a message saying, we need to, um, either sell you something or we need, we're looking to hire somebody. And it's like, so, you know, I usually just send back, oh, I guess you didn't read my profile. So in any case, I know none of you viewers are doing that, but I wanted to share that with you because, you know, these are, these are the things you got to do, right? So um, you want to connect with as many people and be able to uh, share thoughts, ideas, you know, challenges and whatnot with folks. But uh, in any case, so if you are connected with me, though, back to birthdays and your birthday is today, I want to wish you a very personal happy birthday. And that includes Prince James Hussein, Raimundo, uh, Jesus, uh, Nicholas, Mohammed, Azunda. Joan, Scott, Shim, uh, Dytro, Jose, Mark, and that's it. Actually, I went too far. Did I forget to send out the birthday? I guess I forgot to send out yesterday's birthday messages. I really thought I did that. But in any case, I want to thank you all. If I mispronounce your name, my apologies, but I want to thank you all for connecting with me and wish you all a very happy birthday. Now, from there, I want to go over to automation.locals.com. This is our community site. You can, you know, you can follow us for free here, but you can also support the show with uh, the price of one cup of coffee a month and um, become a full member. You can post, you can comment, you can send me messages and whatnot. And I highly prefer this over email because emails get lost because I get so many, um, especially all the newsletters to keep track of what's going on. So um, this is the best way to get in touch with me. Um, or if you're a student at the Automation School, of course, just posting on the lesson at the Automation School. I check those every workday. Now, from there, I just want to remind you, if you see some news I missed, or if you want to provide some feedback, you can use this form here. Um, also, if you're talking to your vendors, please encourage them to support um, independent industrial automation news and product how-tos. And they can do so by sponsoring us right here. And uh, just a reminder, everything, including the tip, the sponsor, the contest, every link, is right here at automate.news. Automate.news. That's all there is. Automate.news. No.com, no www. And uh, with that, if you do click on the show link there, you'll see all the previous shows right here at the automation blog. And then 
Now, if you click on one of those shows, you'll see the video with closed captioning, and you'll see the audio, and you'll see links to every place we send these two files out to. And with that, wow, that was a lot of stuff today. Hey, I want to wish you all a very happy, safe, and healthy day. And until next time, my friends, peace.